Let's look ahead to Monday, the beginning of week 12 in the NBA. There are six games on. Let's look at injury updates. Let's look at waiver wire streaming and let's listen to Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I like what Drake likes. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Are you a double banger? Are you a part of the DB squad? Is that one of your goals? Well, you just watch the video, listen to the audio. And if you are on the video, drop a comment down below that says, I'm in the DB squad. There you go. Do that. Thumb it up, ring the bell, subscribe, Operation 80K. We are all looking to hit it. Yeah, let's talk about Monday, six games on to begin week 12. A lighter volume week, as we discussed on the week 12 preview show yesterday, because there are two teams playing one game and one team playing two games. And the ma- the mast, no, the vast majority, nothing, no sailing analogies here. The vast majority of teams are playing, well, actually not vast. It's just actually the majority of teams. Well, actually not. Scrap that. More teams play three games than anything else. Got to get my words right. So that's where we're at with the week schedule. Six games on Monday. Let's do some injury updates. LaMelo Ball is out. And I was trying to be smart, and I was going to put Mark Williams as doubtful again, but um, I forgot to actually include him on the list. <laughs> Mark Williams is actually out again. No shock there. With Charlotte, Gordon Haywood, of course, remains sidelined. Dylan Brooks and Tari Eason is out. Eason is a popular question at the moment. What do I do, Josh? Do I drop him? And I think that's always going to be a situation where it's an individual choice, right? Because I'll put it this way. If, if you want to drop Tari Eason, no problem. We know that the issue with Eason is that there is no clear, clear path to 30 minutes a night every night. There's, there's no clear path. There. He might play 16 minutes. He might play 25 minutes. If he gets hot, he'll play 28. But now we're getting complications from a leg fracture stress reaction earlier in the season that's keeping him out and out and out. And what is the actual upside? Is it top 70? Probably not. Is it top 100? Well, it would be top 70 if he played 30 minutes a night, but that's just not going to happen. So he's going to be on a minute's limit. He's going to be sitting out games. He's probably like 100, 110th. And if you're in a situation with multiple injuries, um, struggling mid-pack or bottom of the standings, you cannot hold on. So I can't tell you, yeah, he's a clear drop. He will be for some, but others with more patience or more flexibility won't. But it is a troubling scenario here for a guy whose upside is a little bit capped due to the circumstances around the roster. Jim Butler... General Saunas is out again. We got the kiss of death on Jim Butler because his agent, the same agent as Ben Simmons, came out and said, no, it's just a short-term thing. Like, it's fine. He's okay. Yeah, and uh, Simmons' agent said that and said he'd be out three games two and a half months ago. So I'm going to go ahead and say shit scared about what is going on with Jimmy Butler and his foot. Sham said he's going to be out a while and they're going to have to manage him. Again, his agent came out and lied. Again, so I'm going to go ahead and believe more Shams. Not that Shams is immune to getting things wrong or, or lying, but that agent is very untrustworthy in terms of what he chucks out there in the public sphere. Uh, why do I say sphere that way? Um, public sphere. So yeah, I'm very worried about what's going on with Jim Butler here. He looks like a disaster pick this season so far as well. And not looking good. 
Jay Crowder still out with his um, groin surgery. He might be back in a week or two. Caleb Barton, uh, is this dickhead Miami team going the Charlotte Hornets route? If he's one franchise you want to emulate, it's the Hornets. They're listing Martin doubtful every game after spraining his ankle on Christmas. So we're getting, we're not, we're not at Mark Williams territory, but this is like a week plus here of Caleb Martin and this ankle injury. And it is going underreported, but I'm here to do it now. I'm reporting it. Stop being dickheads with the injury report, Miami. I got Charlotte to finally change. Not that they've given us an update on LaMelo Ball. <laughs> That'd be great to get an update there or even an update on Mark Williams. But at least they're not doubtfuling him. <clears throat> so we're in Caleb Martin doubtful territory now, which is not ideal. It's not ideal. Christos Porzingis is listed questionable for the Celtics after leaving last game early with a poke in the eye. Um, also not ideal. If he is out, Al Horford's value rises, Luke Cornett's value rises, Sammy Howes' value rises. But two things that just happened when I... Um, was going to air here. Sam Hauser did appear in the injury report as questionable, but Jason Tatum also with left ankle injury management. Tatum has been a disappointment on a per game basis. He was never a top five or top six per game guy. And actually in one of my mock drafts, I took him at like five or six, which was probably like, it was pretty silly of me to do it, to be honest, because I've always pushed back on that idea of him being this elite fantasy guy. But I guess his ADP was around that area. I can't actually remember my complete rationale for doing it. Regardless, it's, it's wrong. Um, but the thing I've always said is that, like, okay, you might take him. I'm going to take him top three because he never gets hurt, which is just bullshit, right? Injuries happen to anybody. And it is happening at the moment to Tatum. It's not a bad injury, but he hurt his ankle about three weeks ago. And he has to sort of sit some games out to manage it. That's that's not great. It's not a big problem, obviously. And they're flying. But it is also just a timely reminder that just because you haven't gotten hurt doesn't mean that you won't. We know how that rolls, I think. Got Andrew Nembhard, who's missed the last couple. We haven't had the official Pacers injury report yet, so I'm going to put him as questionable on that one. Um, Landry Shamet and DeLon Wright, both questionable for the Wizards. That's obviously a lot of their backup guard rotation. Um, yeah, who, who they give the minutes to otherwise? Like, a lot more Corey Kispert, I'm guessing. <laughs> Maybe Jordan Poole plays over 28 minutes. Who knows? PJ Washington, I had questionable, but he is out. They officially updated that. So they've got no Haywood, no Washington, no Ball. No Williams. So it's a lot more for Bridges, a lot more for Rogier, a lot more for Cody Martin. Um, opportunities for Bryce McGowan's, which he won't do anything with. Maybe a little bit of opportunity for Nick Smith. Um, obviously more for Nick Richards, JT Thor perhaps, coming in as a backup four as well. They are, they are cooked at the moment. Alex Caruso is questionable, but he did practice. So there's some good news there with that. His teammate, Patrick Williams did not practice, although he is officially listed as questionable. So you would have to think that that ankle injury for Williams, 82-game legend from last season, um, will leave will be unlikely to play, would be my guess. Guess, but I, I don't know about that. Kevin Durant, this is because they play on um, Sunday. Yeah, it's trying to work out the day. They play on Sunday. Um, he's still questionable for Sunday. I don't think Durant is playing both games, coming off a hamstring. And I'll be pretty doubtful if Eric Gordon plays both games. He's still questionable for Sunday as well. Bol Bol has been ruled out of Sunday's game, so I'm going to list him questionable for Monday. Nasir Littleface has been ruled out of Sunday, so I'm going to list him questionable for Monday. Bruce Brown sat the last game, but it was just like a rest back-to-back -back situation, so I do expect that he is available to go. Um, and the Bulls have listed both Vooch and Zach Levine as probable as they return from injury. I don't like that they put them as probable. It, it just makes me go, hmm, did they not pull up well? Like, why are they probable? Probable means 75% chance of playing. I would have thought there's 100% chance of them playing. So why are they putting that tag on them? That is, it's probably nothing, but it's a little annoying. It's a little annoying. Hayward Highsmith has cleared concussion protocol, and he will return for the Miami Heat. So that is where we're at with that. There's also some news on um, contracts and guys getting waived. Taj Gibson got waived today. 
he was out of the rotation anyway. Not that he was cutting into Isaiah Hartenstein, but he got waived. A bunch of other guys were getting waived. But um, there were a few other players that maybe you expected to perhaps get waived, like Ryan Archer, Jack, I know he stayed. Um, the Heat guys, like Orlando Robinson, Cole Swider, Jamal Kane, RJ Hampton, they all... Um, they all got guaranteed for the rest of the season. This was the final day for that. So that's why you saw a lot of roster moves of guys getting cut because this was the last day to do it before fully guaranteed deals. You're also going to get in about five or six days, the opening of 10-day contracts. And then you start to get usually more cycling through of two-way deals, which becomes more important if you are insane and playing fantasy in April. In terms of back-to-backs, the only teams that play the Sunday-Monday are Phoenix and the Clippers, and they play each other on Monday. So that is, uh, that's they're the only teams who have that uh, combination going. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your favorite event or whatever event it is you're going to. It doesn't even have to be a favorite. It could be a second favorite because we want a streamlined, easy process. We want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets, and thankfully, that is exactly what Game Time's promotional tag says that they do. They have so many great things. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. I haven't even spoken about zone deals for a while. Zone deals is where you just pick an area that you want to sit and they say, I gotcha. And they pick the seat. And on average, you save 18% on that ticket. You don't have to say, I want this particular row F seat 44 and 45. You just go, put me somewhere here. And they go, don't worry, we'll sort it out and you'll save your, save your money. And another thing about money is that they have these flash deals. They just chuck something, hey, bargain. Tickets going cheap right now in your area. Do you want to go? And you go, okay, why not? What else am I doing? Listening to Josh on YouTube? No way. Let's go watch a local sporting team play in a local sporting event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I tell you what's always funny about ad reads is that like I'll listen to other podcasts and I'll hear the same sponsors that we have and I'll see hear people reading the script or um, the pre-recorded ads and hearing it in like an American accent and intonation. I go, wow, comes across very different to the way I say it. Comes across very different. Always makes me laugh. Anyway, I'm an idiot. What else are we going to crack into here? Well, yeah, let's look at stream of the day. I'm going to say 10 teamers. We're looking at Big Dick Nick. He's still available like everywhere. Mark Williams is still out. I don't know what the holdup is here on Nick Richards. What the hell are we waiting for? And now there's also no PJ Washington. Like this is, it's getting to like, why did we wait to add Grayson Allen so much type territory? Nick Richards is there in 12 team. Yep. The Hal hath frozen over. I am saying you can stream in Lou Dort. I think he's actually a pretty good option here. Or now. Now, we are all well aware what could happen. One of 10, two of 13, 20 points on four shots with seven steals. It's all up in the air. It's all, it's all possible for Lou, but he's there. 14 team where I'm going with Sticks. Jalen Smith, he played 26 minutes last game. There's the uncertainty around Brown, or not really Brown, but more Nembard. He's starting. He's got, he could have 12 and eight in 10 minutes with two blocks. It's pretty good. And in 16 teamers, I'm going with Chris Dunn. He continues to start. He plays like 21, 22 minutes. He might have six points on seven shots, but he also might have five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and a block. And in deeper leagues, a starter who's like available everywhere. There's a little bit in that. And for your points leagues, your Yahoo and ESPN, Nick Richards is, is the guy. Again, looks down, looks pretty clear to me. You could look at some other players if they're going to play like a Caruso perhaps, but it's not a great streaming day for the top end, 
But in terms of deeper league streaming for Monday, there's a lot of guys who are just not rostered anywhere who are all going to have relatively big, sizable rotation roles. Like I could probably find 20 guys, I think, with under 10% rostered on Yahoo who are going to probably play like in the main nine or 10-man rotation on teams on Monday. It's pretty weird. Like your Jay Sean Tates and Jeff Greens and Haywood Highsmith, those sort of, there's so many of them who are going to be in the rotation playing a few minutes on Monday. So if you're in a deeper league, there is maybe a few guys around that you could take a, take a look at. What's on my radar? The first game is Boston and Indiana. Al Horford, who was really good last game, but in the games prior when Porzingis wasn't hurt, he played like 19, 20 minutes. That's really hard to roster. And of course, dealing with his own back-to-back sitting issues, Horford is a, is a tough one, but House is questionable. Porzingis is questionable. I think you didn't take a look at him. And then Bud Heald had been like 14 minutes, 14 minutes, and he played like 31 with Brown and Nempard out. Now, I think the big factor there was Brown was out. I expect Brown to play, so I'm expecting Buddy Heald to move back to his role. But if he keeps 30 minutes, then that changes the equation quite a bit. I don't think that he's a must-roster player, but we watch this pretty closely. In terms of streams, it is probably Sam Hauser if Al Horford's not available. Uh, Luke Cornett you could throw in there if Porzingis misses. And then for the Pacers, Aaron Neesmith's like 60-plus percent available. He is starting. I think that continues. He does it in like um, threes with defensive stats and good percentages or good field goal percentage for a guard, wing sort of player. Um, And that gets a little bit hidden sometimes. So he is available and he is relatively worth looking at. The Thunder and the Wizards is the next one. I want to watch the Bronco Jalen Williams. His last like seven or eight games, his field goal percentage is way up. He's like 54, 55%. His scoring is up. His steals have started to climb back up and he's putting up like top 40 sort of numbers over the last two weeks. I'm not sure that that level of efficiency is sustainable, but he is taking on more of a offensive role, more of a focus role, and he's bringing increased efficiency with it, which is always, I know you guys are double bangers, but that's a double banger in fantasy. More usage, more efficiency. doesn't always happen that way, but when it happens, your numbers shoot way up and it makes you look perhaps a little bit better than you are. For the Wizards, Denny Avdia, it's just about what tracking the minutes because yeah, 20, 20, 20, and then 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. Like, I don't know what to do with that. What, is he now the guy that gets the more usage than Jordan Poole? Are we back to that, Wiz Unsold? If we are, we're all in. But I don't know. I can't trust a single thing on this team. In terms of streams, we've already talked about Lewis Dort. I know that's not his name. But for the Wizards, it's probably Bilal Kulabali, especially if Wright and Shamit are out. Kulabali is getting pretty strong minutes. He's a little bit hit or miss in terms of what the production is, but defensive stats can be at off, at often, at often, often at times harder to acquire, and Bilal is able to do that with a decent level of regularity. For the Bulls and the Hornets, I want to see Vooch. I expect that he starts over Drummond, but what do they do? 30 minutes? 33 minutes? 27 minutes? Can Vooch break out of whatever slumber he was in to begin the season anyway? Is his efficiency going to improve? I don't think so. But watching how they deploy him and Drummond will be very interesting. I don't, again, he is better than Drummond. But that doesn't mean that Billy Donovan automatically goes back to 35-13 minute split. For the Hornets, Miles Bridges has a real opportunity here. Now, in some of the earlier games when Ball was out, he didn't really do much to increase his usage. But over the last, with Haywood out, that's really had, had kicked a little bit more into gear. So that usage has jumped up about two or three percentage points. His efficiency, he's also double banged it. So he's done usage and efficiency up with those guys out. That's not always going to be the case. And now there's no PJ Washington. So he's probably going to play 40 minutes and have a real opportunity for you to sell high. Now, a lot of people have asked me this question, Josh, do I trade away Miles Bridges because of the court date coming up in February? And the answer is, I am—I don't know. I am not a lawyer. I'm not a US legal system expert. He had that court case at the beginning of October for the um, breaches of the uh, protection order. 
There was two incidences there. One was in January, one was in September. So he had the initial court date, and then they went to that court and they pushed the hearing back to February. Now, I don't exactly know what this February hearing is, but my understanding is he'll go in there and he'll go in there and, and you know, yes, Obi, and, and do the, the case, and then they you know, make their determinations, whatever it is, guilty, not guilty. But I don't know that sentencing happens straight away, and even if he is found guilty, would he be like, okay, guilty, no bail, you're straight in jail before sentencing? I don't think that would happen. And I don't think the NBA would come down immediately with suspension. So I think there's just a lot of fact, he'd have to also be found guilty first. There are a lot of things that when we're trying to look at the balance of probabilities, if Bridges is going to be available to play February onwards, you would have to say that the likelihood is yes. He'd have to be found guilty. He'd have to be sentenced. Um, and if he's not sentenced with anything that's not like, you know, uh, probation or community service, um, then the NBA would then have to come in and investigate and suspend. And that might be like something that happens through April or the off season to limit what he does next year. I, I don't know. But all I say is there's very far from a guarantee that he's just done in February and the balance of probabilities would suggest that he'll be fine to play the rest of the season. You can disagree or agree with whether he should be or not. But it's more about whether it will be. Any lawyers who are watching or listening to this, feel free to double bang, chime in in the comments and tell me how that process actually works because I'm not 100% across that. Anyway, streams. With Caruso and Williams maybe not playing both questionable, Oyodosumu would be probably be the guy to step up. Now, if they all played, then he just won't do enough. And then for the Hornets, it is Big Dick Nick Richards, um, who's just obviously the stream of the day. All right, as you can see, if you're watching our video, Obi's been brought back up here because he's in trouble for yelling too much. And now I've got to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL season, the regular season is done. So we're here to tell you that with FanDuel, you can still get in on the action. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are obviously starting as the regular season is done. And new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Guaranteed, $150 bucks. Bonus bets, win or lose. You don't even have, you don't have to win. You don't have to place a money line bet. You don't have to do anything special. You just got to be a new customer. You got to use our uh, website address, and you bet five dollars. That is it. And then with that, you can check out how easy to use the entire website is. All of the different options they have in terms of bet types, as well as their same game live parlays and the parlay hub, where people have created other parlays that you can go have a look at. Check whether it's one that you think you want to have a crack at, or create your own over in the Parlay, Parlay Hub. You can also find bets in the new Explore tab and plenty more. Look at futures, player props, sides, totals, money lines. It's all there over on Fangio. So go to fangio.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fangio is official, oh, there you go. Fangio's an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, let's... Um, We've done that game. So let's move on to the second, or not the second game, the third game, I think it is, the Houston Rockets and the Miami Heat. All right, I'm going to watch uh, Filipino legend Jalen Green because obviously he's had some struggles. He has been better of late, but he is turning into more of an empty scoring player who doesn't really do it on high efficiency. And that's more of a points league guy versus a category league guy. He can be rostered in category leagues. He's like a better version of a Benedict Matherin who scores and doesn't do much else. Green does have an ability to generate a little bit more assist-wise, but I'm losing a lot of faith in him improving his overall game. Uh, let's watch it. Let's see if there's any reduction in minutes. Let's see how they utilize all of this. But I just want to see how he looks and if there's any positive signs really coming at all. Um, in terms of the heat, with Hayward Highsmith back, and Caleb Martin out. I don't know what they're going to do with Little Chungus Nikola Jovic. He's played 
bigger minutes the last two games. I wouldn't, won't say he's played particularly well, but the minutes have been there. But let's see how their first round pick from a year ago is able to how to, able to work out. Does he play over Jamal Kane? Does he start over Haywood Highsmith? Does he get 26 minutes again? Does he play 12? I wouldn't say that Jovic is any sort of stream option, but we just want to see how they utilize him and how they prioritize him with Haywood Highsmith back. In terms of streams, Chris Dunn on the Jazz is probably going to continue to start. I would imagine they've won four out of five. I don't think they're changing anything up there. Um, that's the wrong team. What am I talking about? I'm looking at the wrong slide. Sorry. Um, for the Rockets, Cam Whitmore. Uh, there's not many stream options on the Rockets. Most guys are rostered, and then you get to these low-rostered guys like Jay Sean Tate, um, Jeff Green, and Men Thompson. But I wanted to highlight Whitmore here, who's put up some really good numbers. And with Brooks and Eason out, he's scoring well. He's doing it efficiently. That's at least a deeper league one. And then for the Heat, Kevin Love is the guy that I'm looking at. He's putting up some very strong numbers in his limited minutes. He's getting some minutes at the four, but more importantly, he's getting all of them backup minutes behind Bam Adebayo at center. And he's putting up some really strong streaming numbers at the moment. The Utah Jazz and the Milwaukee Bucks, that is the next game. I want to see Walker Kessler. Kessler's numbers have obviously not been what we expected. His playing time is down. He's coming off the bench. His overall production is still clearly a must-roster player, but it remains frustrating the playing time that he's getting. He is one of those interesting players where we know that defensively he's quite good and he still puts up good numbers. His block rate this season is actually higher than last season, which is a little bit interesting. But he has dropped off in a few other areas in playing time. But look, how is Will Hardy going to use him? I will very much push back on the idea that Will Hardy is a trash coach. I think that's ridiculous. Like this team is not good, yet they they are sort of coalescing now and putting together some good good numbers. Now it is frustrating that Walker Kessler, a guy runner up in Rookie of the Year, who was a really strong defensive player as a as a first year player, has been deprioritized so that John Collins can play. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Part of what the Jazz really does like doing is having ball movement and shooting. And John Collins is not a good ball movement ball movement necessarily, but he's an okay shooter. He's shooting pretty well from three. And Walker Kessler does not do that. So that is why they rely upon Kelly Linux so much. That is part of their whole entire team ethos. It's just it's very similar the way the Thunder do things, to be honest. And Kessler is a little bit plotting. He's not great on the perimeter. So I sort of understand it. Now, I think eventually he will be able to be a starter at some point. They'd like to move on from John Collins. His production is still okay. But look, don't be surprised if he's sitting playing off the bench for another four or five weeks. It is frustrating, obviously. And we look and go, well, he was so awesome last year. But he's not, I don't know, he's, he's upside to me. He's not like absolutely gigantic as a like long-term NBA player. He's, he's good, no question about it. But does he have that ability to really elevate teams significantly. I think there's a limitation in it somewhere. We'll see. And for the Bucks, I want to watch Lillard. There is a huge negative um, sentiment towards Lillard at the moment. Like there are people that, I know people overreact and they say things hyperbolically. I do too at times. But there was a guy that you said that, that didn't set me off, but like I got this away. This is the biggest buy low siren of all time. He's like, man, what do I do with Lillard? This guy's trash. I went, okay, come on. He's 13th in minus one rankings for the season. Yeah, the last like week or two have not been very good. Um, I've got him projected maybe 17th rest of season. He's but he's shooting like 34% over the last five games or four games. And that's just not going to hold. And someone said, yeah, man, what do I do? This is like, that's great. I picked him here. But now like he's, he's Jordan Poole. Like, no, he's not. But that is where you go for the buy low. If someone is overreacting that much and... Like they're just there's man. It's like I hear the comments about Lil. It's like man, it's like he doesn't know how to fit in. They're deprioritizing him in the offense. He looks uncomfortable. I go. He's been playing for this team all season, and he is thirteenth. Is it the same Lillard as before, or as a top seven player? No, it's a little bit less than that. Very, very obviously, it is. 
We were picking him around 12 to 14 in drafts most of the time. And he's basically paid that off, except for this last little bit of time. But I don't think that he's got less comfortable as the season's gone on. It's really like, it's just a huge shooting slump. And he's going to bounce back from that. So let's see if he bounces back from it here. Let's see how it all looks. But people are annoyed. People are very frustrated. And you might have Lillard on your roster and you'll be telling me, yeah, Josh, it's terrible. It's trash. Um, and someone even said to me, like, Josh, you, you say this all the time. You, know, you don't get the past stats. You get what happens from now on. I go, that's true when you're adding someone off the waiver wire. You've had Lillard's top 13 stats. All season, you've had them. So you have actually had those numbers. So you don't get them because you're not acquiring him. But when you're buying low on him, you don't have to give up top 13, top 15, top 20 numbers because people are shitting themselves. Smarter managers won't be, but others will be. And I'm not saying he's going to be 13th the rest of the season or 15th or even 20th. But there's a big, big like negative push on Lillard at the moment, which is a little confusing, to be honest. I know he's struggling, but slumps happen, man. They just happen. Um, streams, Chris Dunn, talked about it already. Starting point guard, available everywhere. Not going to be a big scorer, but good defensive stats, good assists, good rebounds. And then for the um, Bucks, we're looking at Leaky Beasley, a shooter with this team having four quality games for the week. We don't have to roster him, but this is the start of a pretty strong stretch for the Blazers, uh, not the Blazers, for the, uh, for the Bucks. The last game of the day is a back-to-back for both teams. It's the Suns and the Clippers. They're both playing on Sunday, so we'll see a little bit more there. Uh, we just got to watch to see what the Durant and Gordon situation is, so maybe Chemezi Metu gets another start. You might look at Bowl if he's actually available. He's out for Sunday. I don't know if he plays on Monday. And for the Clippers, it is probably Norm Powell. I don't really think there's much of a doubt of Kawhi playing, but you never know. Coming off the hip injury, he might be out, so that boosts the value of Norman Powell and deeper leagues to an Amir Coffey or a Terrence Mann in that situation. In terms of chunks, Monday through Friday, there are two higher volume days, both Wednesday and Friday with 10 games on. They might totally be streamable, but you would look at your own roster, but I'm just going to discount them as stream days for now. So we're looking at Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and unfortunately, there's no team that plays Monday, Tuesday, so it is a little bit harder to get this value. I think what we, well, not, I think what we talked about on the Week 12 preview show was maybe just trying something on Monday and then looking at a Tuesday-Thursday combo or looking at Tuesday-Wednesday if you had that roster availability, but it was all going to be very specific to your individual roster build. Lou Dort has two quality games and the Thunder do as well, Monday, Thursday. That's not a bad combination. You get the Monday game in there, then you can decide what you want to do. Torian Prince, Derek Jones, Dwop Reith play the Tuesday-Thursday combo. So that's also something you could stream anyone in from a Monday and then uh, pivot to a Lakers, a Mavericks, or a Blazers player. Just grab the Tuesday-Thursday. I think the Knicks also have that combination going as well. And then there's Malik Beasley, who plays Monday-Thursday, and then Saturday-Sunday, four quality games for the Bucks, and Shemezi Metu, who gets the boost significantly if Durant is out on Monday, but you could also look at him on the Monday-Thursday combination there also. For 10-team streamers for Monday, we are going to start at the top there with Caruso, if he's available. I do like getting Caruso in, if he's available. You've got Nick Richards. Jaime Huckers is still available in some leagues that you could stream him in for a 10 with Jimmy Butler out. Grayson Allen is 65% rostered, so that's right on my cutoff. So it means he's still available in some spots. I don't know why. Denny Avdia and then Pat Williams, if he's available to play, he's someone that I'd at least somewhat consider. For 12-team streamers, we are looking at Lugens Dort, Aaron Neesmith, Chris Dunn, Sticks, Jalen Smith, Cody Martin, with the absences there of PJ and Haywood and Ball, and Kevin Love, also a pretty good 12-team streamer. 
For deeper formats, we go with Bilal Kulabali. You can throw um, Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore even, Josh Richardson, Jeff Green, Haywood Highsmith, Isaiah Joe, Chris Dunn. There are so many of these low-rostered players who have some deep league stream appeal for Monday's action. And then for points leagues, we are going to start with Nick Richards. I'll throw Alex Caruso in there if available. Kevin Love, Lou Dort, Jalen Sticks-Smith, and Aaron Neesmith. And that will bring us to the end of the stream show for Monday's action. Go across here and be a double banger. Leave your comments down below. Subscribe, thumbs up, ring the notification bell, and you'll never miss an episode. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.